episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sanborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellers is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sanborn's Boys today. Unfortunately, sadly, uh, Evan, who we said would be on the show this week, was not able to make it. It has been a pretty hectic week uh, everywhere, as I'm sure you're well aware of. And so we're. Uh, it's too bad that we can get Evan on now. Maybe at some point in the future we'll be able to, to get him on another time. But uh, we both felt that we should start by mentioning all the craziness that's been going on in the world, especially in terms of the police brutality that is really coming to the light this week with uh, all the protests, especially in the United States. And uh, we felt that we should mention it and stand by the protesters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, this movement uh, has grown larger than, you know, the murder of George Floyd uh, and many other black people. It's even grown larger than than the police uh, brutality, though that is a big part of it, right? It's it's grown into uh, what what's they're they're really protesting is the system that has you know enabled the police brutality and that really puts black people on the bottom uh, constantly, and they've never not been on the bottom uh, historically since the times of slavery. Really, nothing has changed, uh, and so you know we've seen a lot of people. Uh, you know, calling for change uh, because because shit needs to change, uh, not just in America, but uh, we here in Canada are definitely not perfect by any, uh, not even close. Uh, and so, you know, it's just it, our, it's, our society is completely built on these double standards uh, that puts black people at a disadvantage. And so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we stand by with, with all the protesters everywhere. Uh, and uh, obviously we denounce all the police brutality, it's been horrifying, you know, looking online, watching all those videos of, of police officers, just, just you know, just completely inappropriate behavior. Uh, and also with all, all the white supremacy sentiment that there is, uh, it's always been there and, and it still stands today and we all have to work together uh, to really to really make it a better place because this issue, it doesn't just concern black people, it concerns all of us because, you know, it all has to do with, with how we live on our day-to-day lives. If you are not black listening to this show, then we implore you to not make this about yourself and instead to listen to black people and to amplify their voices because that's really the best we can do and and donate if you can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact is uh, neither of us are black and we will never know uh, what it feels, right? How they feel on on a daily basis, uh, whether it's, you know, just the fact that they are put at a socioeconomic disadvantage, the fear that they feel uh, every day, just walking down the street, you know, scared of, of being shot down by a police officer who will then uh, rarely, if ever, face any consequences. So yeah, listen to, listen to black people. Cause honestly, uh, no matter what we say, we really, none of us, if you're not black, you really don't know uh, what it's like. Uh, and I just want to touch on how relevant that Akeem Alou article was from last week. You know, we talked, we talked about it, uh, in depth and, you know, the main point I took away was that he felt alone. And I think that's, that's a big feeling that's also resounding in the black community, right? They feel alone. They don't feel supported, uh, by really anybody else. Uh, and so, you know, that just goes to show, right? We don't want it. The bystanders are just as equally guilty. Uh, and so we all need to stand up. Uh, and we all need to denounce the white supremacy for what it is. 
Uh, okay, so yeah. so that's that's all I had to say. Uh, so yeah, let's move on. Uh, so yeah, it really feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, the NHL announcing. Uh, it's 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 it was what it was a Gary Bettman press conference, right? And he went through a lot of it. Uh, so what what part of the press conference do you want to start with? Uh, we can start with the playoff format, I guess. We we talked about this a lot recently, and more or less, it's what we expected. We like the top four teams in each conference are getting a bye. They're playing a round robin against one another to determine seeding. And a fun fun little detail is that those games will include regular season overtime rules, so like five minutes of three on three, then a shootout to break a tie. Whereas the other the, like the playing rounds will be overtime playoff rules. So like, you know, 20 minutes, five on five continuous, that kind of thing. So that's one interesting little thing to point out. And obviously all the, all the matchups are kind of what we speculated. Montreal will be up against Pittsburgh. Um, but the bigger news, or maybe not the bigger news, but the one that more people were talking about because we didn't really see it coming was how they're going to work the draft lottery. So as I'm sure you've heard by now, even though it feels like a long time ago, so maybe you'll need a bit of a refresher. Um, phase one of the draft lottery is confirmed that it will be taking place on June 26th. Uh, and how it'll work basically is just like the format usually works, except for the fact that teams that would normally have the 8th through 15th best odds at winning are going to be replaced by no-name teams like Team A, Team B, Team C, Team D. So basically, if one of those no-name teams wins one of the top three picks... Uh, which is very possible. In fact, I think it's like around a 60% chance that at least one of the top three picks is won by a mystery team. Then that means that after the play-in round, they're going to take the eight teams who lost the play-in because technically they didn't make the playoffs, playoffs meaning top 16. And all of those eight teams are going to have an equal chance to be that mystery team. So that would be phase two of the lottery that would happen at a later date. So a lot of people were very confused about this to start with. And uh, I was getting a sense of a lot of mixed reactions of what people thought about this. Personally, I'm a big fan because so people are talking about like, oh, how this system isn't fair to Pittsburgh, which I would agree with because they were basically a shoe in to make the playoffs. And, um, now they have their chances are drastically reduced because they have this playing series against Montreal, which makes their odds like, I guess you could say a little bit better than a coin flip. But now you also have a lot of these people also saying that Pittsburgh is too good to have any shot at getting Alexis Lafreniere or a top three pick. And the way I look at it, and I think the way the NHL looks at it too, is that they realize that they kind of jobbed Pittsburgh out of a playoff spot with this uh, with this format. And now the fact that they might have an outside shot at Lafreniere, who they don't deserve, is kind of the way of repaying the favor a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, like initially I saw the news, I read the format, you know, and a lot of people were, I was quite confused. I was like, you know, uh, I don't know, this. it's so complicated, right? Uh, and I was frankly, you know, I was pretty against it. And then, you you know, you, you kind of talked me into liking it. And a couple of days later, I realized, you know, I think for once, I think the league nailed it on this format uh, because, you know, we've both been calling for uh, at least some sort of similarity to the past years. When it comes to those three draft lotteries, we have that. Uh, and we didn't want that nonsense where it gave, you know, Detroit the first or second pick and Ottawa the third and fourth at worst. Well, they don't have that at all now. They've gone back to the old format. Uh, I think I think they really did a good job when it comes to dealing with the play-in scenario. Uh, initially, I thought it would be the seven teams, right? It would just be a seven-team lottery. 
you know what? They're trying to honestly, it looks like they're trying to make it as similar as possible to, you know, just a regular year. And that's what I was calling for. And so, you know, I, I really don't, yeah, I don't have a problem with this whole second round, uh, this whole phase two system. Honestly, it could really generate some interest, especially if uh, a mystery team manages to, to, to win a pick. I mean, presumably because they, they, what, I think they announced that the draft lottery phase one is going to happen in late June, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so if a phase two team, uh, there is a phase two, we'll need to wait until the first round of, uh, of the, well, we'll need to wait until the playoff, uh, the play-in series are over. And that, we don't know when that's going to happen. That's probably going to be uh, at the latest in July, uh, at the earliest in July. And so we're going to have, you know, a solid chunk of period, like a solid period of time where we're just, we're not going to know who has the, the number one, number two, or number three pick if it does happen uh, to be a mystery lottery win. And so, look, that, that that could generate a lot of interest for the league. I know if a mystery team won, I would certainly be on the edge of my seat, especially if Montreal uh, happens to lose against Pittsburgh. Or, or even if Pittsburgh loses, I mean, I'll just be nervous that Pittsburgh gets another you know lottery pick. And so, honestly, I think they did a really good job here. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly can't think of a better solution. Uh, I hadn't thought of this kind of complicated plan but in the end i really does i really do think it works and you know you you said it best when it comes to teams like pittsburgh uh they were jobbed out of a playoff spot but you know they're kind of being compensated here with you know it is it is a small chance but it is a chance nonetheless uh, at a lottery pick yeah uh, i want to talk about this a little bit from the montreal vantage point because their situation is kind of the opposite of pittsburgh's and for some reason so many Habs fans are unhappy with how they're being like how the lottery odds are treated. But really, look, Montreal has benefited more than anybody from this format because they're being gifted a playoff spot. There's no chance they would have otherwise had. Like, okay, their lottery odds have gone down from like six percent to two percent of winning Alexis Lafreniere. But honestly, who cares when your odds of making the playoffs have gone from like one percent to I don't know. What do you say their odds are beating Pittsburgh in a five-game series? Maybe 30, 35% at least. So that and that's that's what the goal has been this whole time. Like at the beginning of the season, everyone in Habs Nation wanted them to make the playoffs. And even though obviously okay, yeah, they they're not a very good team. They had two separate eight-game losing streaks this year. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. But this should be a great opportunity for us to rejoice at the fact that we're getting gifted an opportunity to maybe beat the Penguins and get into the playoffs. And if not, then, I mean, we're going to probably pick 8th or ninth anyway. So we should be, I think we should be super happy about this scenario. And uh, I think you probably feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. From a house perspective, it is a win-win. I mean, when it comes to lottery odds, uh, 6%, 2%, uh, I mean, at that point, you're only really splitting hairs. Uh, I don't really care. Like, it's a decrease in odds, I understand. But the fact is, you look at the pros of this whole system, it's that you freaking make the playoffs. Or, or, or at least you, or, okay, the fake have playoffs. You to. have a chance at making the playoffs. Uh, and a much, much better one. A huge increase in odds compared to, you know, pre-pandemic uh, in the old system. And so, really, uh, Habs fans, uh, if you're against this somehow, I really don't see why. Because, you know, what do we, we don't watch hockey. We don't follow the Habs. We don't cheer for the Habs for them to win the lottery. Uh, and it has been a miserable, you know, the last couple of years, even the last, you know, fuck the, the entire decade has been pretty miserable for Habs fans. You know, I've got a couple runs here or there. And so I don't know why uh, anybody is not chomping at the bit to see, you know, potentially the Habs in the playoffs. Is this a playoff team? Absolutely not. We've covered this repeatedly. This team is kind of dog shit. However, look, 
they're, they're, it's been gifted to us uh, as half fans and to not accept it in gracious terms is frankly criminal because uh, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a free play in birth. It's a team that nobody thinks is a playoff team. Uh, and yeah, look, I, I weigh the pros and the cons, right? And either way, it's great. If the Habs do manage to lose the play-in series, look, they'll pick eighth. Uh, most likely they'll pick eighth. And before, they were most likely going to pick eighth anyways, right? Uh, and so, yeah, so if you lose the play-in round, you probably don't change anything. Who knows? Maybe you win a, a phase two lottery. Uh, we can always hope. Uh, but if you do manage to win the play-in round, you're in the playoffs for fuck's sakes. Uh, how can you complain? You get the whole five or seven games of playoff hockey. And it's, let me tell you, yeah, I would much rather be in this position than to be a Buffalo Sabres fan. <laughs> yeah, I want to correct you on uh, one little thing you said, because uh, actually, if the Canadians lose to Pittsburgh, it is more likely that they drop to ninth overall than pick eighth overall. Because uh, so when you think there's like a 60% chance, it's pretty close in odds, but like uh, if a mystery team wins one of the lotteries and it's not Montreal, then that means Montreal drops to ninth no matter what. So I know right. it doesn't really sound like such a big deal, but like uh, in, in this draft, I think I talked about, about like uh, a tier of seven, maybe uh, I feel like now the more I've looked into it, that's probably a tier of eight that also includes Cole Perfetti. So in my opinion, there's kind of a little bit of a drop off uh, from Cole Perfetti or Alex Holtz at number eight, seven and eight down to number nine, whether you want to put Anton Lundell or Jake Sanderson or Yaroslav Askarov there. So that is, that's one small thing, but of course yeah. I think the, the little difference, obviously there still would be a possibility that one of those top eight falls to Montreal at number nine. So not such a big I'll deal. In the grand I'll, add I'll add something. Uh, when it comes to actually like watching the play in series, cheering for, for Montreal or Pittsburgh, or like cheering for, if you're, if you're one of those fans on the fence, you'll know, if Montreal has a chance of dropping, right? Because phase one will, al- will already have been completed. Uh, yes. And we'll know, we'll know if there was a mystery team that won. Uh, small conspiracy theory I have. Uh, I think the NHL, I think odds are, you know, I would bet money on the fact, on, I know that the odds say that there will be a phase two. I'm almost certain that there will be a phase two. Uh, I don't trust the NHL not to do any shenaniganery uh, to get themselves much interest. I've expressed this conspiracy theory to you uh, a, a few days ago. I, I, I really believe that the NHL is going to have a phase two team win one of the top three picks because that is one way that they're going to get big interest in the league. Uh, yes, I agree with you. That would, that would ramp up entertainment value tremendously if we were waiting for months and months on end, uh, not knowing who owns uh, any of the top three picks, let alone the first pick and the next superstar, Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, but I personally don't think that the NHL is going to rig it. They would they would like it very much if there happened to be a phase two, but there probably will be a phase two. I don't think they're going to rig it. I don't think they're uh, going to think that through enough to rig it properly. And I just, I don't know, something about the NHL bringing the draft lottery feels kind of, I don't know, impossible to me. Like, can you imagine, like, I, I don't know. Like this seems like something maybe the the NFL would do, or I don't know. Feel like Gary Bettman's not not the type to pull something like this off. But maybe that's just a gut feeling. I don't know. Uh, we probably never will know, especially if there is a phase two. But uh, you know, you know, I'm going to take I'm going to take the the under on this one, or I guess not, that's not the proper terminology. I'm going to say I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet right now that there will not be a phase two for the lottery and all the top three picks will belong to the bottom seven teams. That's what I think. 
Okay, somebody write that down and remind us uh, after phase one happens. Uh, and uh, okay, all right, we'll see. Uh, so I think, do you have anything else to add on the draft lottery? Uh, yeah, well, one thing that I really like about this whole new draft format is that every single pick from one all the way to 31 is completely up in the air. And I mean, like every year is like that a little bit to some extent, but this year more so because like, obviously in a lot of years, like you have a good idea of like, all right, who's going to be picking around like, you know, 10 to 15 or whatever. And like, oh, you're uh, in just in the playoffs barely, you'll be picking like 16 to 20 unless you happen to make it to the conference finals. Right now with this play-in, all the teams in the play-in could very feasibly pick anywhere from like, well, let alone in the top three, anywhere from like eight to to what would it be like eight to 22, eight to 23, something like that. It's all totally up in the air right now, depending on what happens in the play-in round. Uh, not to mention if any of them make the conference finals. So it's it's really it's where the, we have no idea what the draft order is going to be at this point in the year. It's uh, I find it pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. More excitement, the better. Uh, I mean, this is this was the time to try some funky shit. Uh, and yeah, they're doing it pretty well, the draft lottery, I find. Uh, this the whole new complex system. It, it really does work, I find. Uh, and so moving on, I guess, uh, kind of to the actual hockey uh, aspect. Uh, so, you know, the, the playing rounds and whatnot. And so it seems as though Gary has announced that they haven't yet figured out uh, a couple of things. Uh, it's it's the seating, whether they're going to be reseeding, uh, whether it's going to be a bracket, and actually how long each of these rounds, uh, whether it's five games, seven games, uh, it's probably going to be five or seven. Uh, any thoughts on these two points? Uh, yeah, so I found it a little bit confusing when Gary said we don't know if we're reseeding or doing a bracket yet because it is very possible that they choose to do, like, for example, they reseed after the play-in round, but then from for the rest of the playoffs, they do it as a bracket. That's a real possibility, and I think it's one the NHL is probably considering a lot. Uh, also, of course, it's possible they just bracket the whole thing or reseed the whole thing. I think most people would be pretty opposed to bracketing the whole thing, especially bracketing after the play-in. We talked about that quite a little bit last week. Um, but whichever one they choose to do, one thing I really like is that we don't really know what the matchups are going to be beforehand at all because the top four seeds are all dueling it out in a round robin before while the play-ins are deciding who makes it through it all. So like whether they choose to bracket or reseed, the matchups won't really be determined beforehand. So I it wouldn't be such a travesty, I guess, if they bracket it in terms of like that kind of entertainment value. But in ter- actually, you know, it's hard to tell because we're talking about in terms of fairness. Like... Fairness is kind of out the window when you have a three-game round robin to determine the top four seeds between Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Philadelphia. So whether they choose to bracket or reseed for that, I don't think we would really be able to see the effect on the fairness of it. But I mean, if you want to say, if you want to make the argument that, yeah, Philadelphia winning three games in the round robin and being the top seed is them justly earning the top seed, then yeah, reseeding probably makes more sense. Yeah, you make a good point, uh, especially with this round. This round robin really kind of throws uh, everything into whack in terms of fairness, and I want to get into that. Uh, I really think that this whole round robin with the top seeds is, frankly, it's silly. Okay, I don't like. I know there was some time to try some crazy shit. I just said it, but this ain't it. Um, it, it really it throws the entire regular season out the window. Uh, I talked about this last week too. You know how I wouldn't want this to happen. It looks like 
uh, the NHL is going to make this happen. And uh, I don't know if we know the format entirely. You mentioned like overtime, but uh, but I think it's what each team plays three games, right? They play each of uh, they play they play every other top seed once, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, one game. Uh, we know hockey is basically a coin flip, and to determine the ranking of an entire regular season that lasted 70 games and involved one team, uh, the Bruins, uh, having an 11-point lead on on like second place or third place or fourth place, uh, is is frankly ridiculous to erase that 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 huge lead uh, based on what three games. Uh, so yeah, I don't like it too much. Um, what I think was you know they should just have a bunch of exhibition games. Uh, and you put the onus on the players uh, to shake the rust off. You know, uh, if you really want to shake the rust off, take these exhibition games seriously. Uh, if you want to take your laps, uh, don't 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 come crying uh, after the first round of the playoffs. You get bounced by a playing team. Uh, so I, I don't know. I really don't like this round robin format. Uh, I think it really cheapens the regular season. And if they do go through with this, and then you see, like, I don't know, Philly or even the, any of the other teams other than Boston as the first seed uh, at that point. I mean, I know I've done a lot of, of, of chanting for reseeding. If they if they screw up the whole seeding for the first four seeds, at that point, I don't really care. Yeah, uh, I you know, exhibition games would have been fine too. But I don't really like the argument that it, makes, it renders the regular season meaningless because like the regular season is what allowed these four teams to get buys. And the way I, I look at it, I feel like... When you they worked, you know, whatever they the top four teams in the regular season, and they earned the buys that the other teams didn't get to do, and that's a really big advantage to just say uh, in this format specifically, where oh, if you were good enough, that means you punch your ticket into the playoffs automatically, whereas and you kind of just get to you know play around in like a round robin a little bit, have a little fun, and the seedings kind of don't really matter. Whereas, you know, the teams that weren't quite as good as you, they're going to have to earn their ticket a little bit more. So I feel like uh, I've seen that coming up a lot, actually, where like this whole format kind of cheapens the regular season. I can see that from like, uh, you know, maybe like the Pittsburgh-Montreal perspective a little bit. But I feel like that's on the extreme end of things, is the, both Pittsburgh and Montreal, maybe a little bit Edmonton and Chicago, too. Uh, I feel like those are the exceptions to the rules. And for the most part, this works pretty well. I don't know. I don't think those are the only exceptions to the rule. Uh, for once, I'm going to be defending the Bruins on this one because I really think that the Bruins are getting shafted on this. Uh, this huge lead, I, I really can't get over it uh, because it really was so significant. Yes, they were better than the bottom four teams that, that like, seeds five to eight, but they were uh, just on a whole new tier compared to their peers in the top four seeds. And I don't think that they should be, there should be any possibility of them dropping because, you know, yeah, sure, they get the advantage, but given how they played over the course of the regular season, I think they should get more of an advantage and they should automatically get the first seed just because they were on a whole new level compared to the rest of the conference. I understand. But on the other hand, like, okay, the NHL had a lot of other things to worry about in terms of fairness and you want to make sure those top teams aren't rusty. So is making sure that the Bruins get to play like, I don't know, Columbus instead of Carolina in the first round, really going to be one of your big priorities? Like, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe not, maybe not, but this this had a very easy fix and it was just not to have this nonsense round robin. I mean, it seemed like from what I heard, you know, teams like Tampa Bay, teams like, uh, you know, other teams at the top, they were opposed to this round robin. I don't know anybody that really wants this, uh, this round robin system other than maybe Philadelphia because now they have a chance of moving up, right? Uh, the, the, maybe it's not the most important case, but the fix is simple. Just don't have this, this, this silly bull crap and maybe just go with the exhibition games and don't negate 70 games worth of regular season. 
Yeah, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. I, I'm not as passionate either way as you seem to be about being against the round robin. But my favorite thing about having it is that, like, kind of how I started this whole thing is that all the first round playoff matchups are up in the air because of it, because all the top four seeds are kind of in shambles. So that's why I like it. Okay. If you're if you're for the cast, I think, you know what I think? I think it's easier for you to say that being a Montreal Canadiens fan and having just been gifted the uh, playoff spot. But I think uh, if you are a fan of those of, of Boston, uh, and if you are a fan of say Tampa Bay, I, I really like. I, I I mean, at that point, you, your team would dominate throughout the regular season. I don't know if you're cheering for that chaos. Here's one. Th- I feel like I haven't really seen many Bruins fans being too upset about this, and I think the main reason why is that this gives them a much better chance of playing the Maple Leafs once again in the first round. That was basically guaranteed. <laughs> That was not going to happen under if uh, the season finished as normal. Toronto and Tampa would have played in the first round. And now, under this format, uh, there's a pretty decent chance that we get Boston-Toronto in the first round. Certainly a possibility. So I wouldn't be too upset about that if I were a Bruins fan. Oh, okay, okay. You think Bruins fans are, are shutting up? I don't know. <laughs> because, because they get to maybe beat Toronto again? Ah, okay, I guess maybe there's a point there. Uh, so what else is there to hit on that press conference? Uh, well, those are the two big things. There's really a lot to uh, dive into. Now that these playoff matchups are kind of confirmed, we can talk about them a little bit. And maybe over the next couple months, while we wait for it to actually come to fruition, we'll be able to dive a little bit deeper on the, uh, the matchups. But I feel like we should maybe hit on Montreal-Pittsburgh first and uh, look, at, look at it a little bit, maybe look at the lineups, match it up, see how much better Pittsburgh really is than Montreal. Because Montreal is honestly, looking at their lineup, even worse than I remember because there were only a couple weeks after the deadline. No, no Kovalchuk, no Scandella, no Cousins, no Thompson. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty empty lineup, if you ask me. Yeah, you sent me the depth chart uh, of the Habs recently. And yeah, it kind of blew my mind. I didn't know there were this dog shit. Uh, especially, yeah, because the trade deadline only... Uh, happened what a week and a half before everything shut down uh, and so we didn't really get a good look at this you know this new look stripped down Montreal Canadiens roster and now that I'm looking at it I mean uh, it's not pretty it's not pretty let's say that uh, I think they announced that the uh, they're going with an expanded roster uh, this with the playoffs uh, so you'll get more yeah. skaters than usual uh, I, I mean I don't really see how that helps the Habs you sent me those bottom uh, I mean, as, as as soon as you get past those uh, four lines of players, uh, the the quality and the depth, the Habs really just don't have depth past the first four lines anymore because they just basically sold everybody off. And so, you know, potential names that you might see on the Habs roster comes playoff time includes, you know, like Laurent Dauphin. Like, is no fucking way that's a guy that should be on a playoff roster. Uh, so, I mean, you, you really compare the two, you really see a gap when it comes to the quality of forwards in particular. Yeah, uh, yeah. so basically, for anyone who didn't see, the NHL announced that um, the expanded playoff rosters, teams are going to be allowed to carry 28 skaters and as many goalies as they want. So for most teams, that's a really good thing. It probably benefits Montreal the least because like, I was looking through a bunch of teams and seeing what their potential playoff rosters could be look like. And a fair amount of them, especially some of the better teams, uh, notably Pittsburgh, have a lot of forwards and defensemen who are, I would say, 
should be in the conversation to be in that taxi squad. And with Montreal, I mean, uh, especially for forwards, uh, there's basically nothing. Honestly, it was very difficult to even find six deserving extra forwards. And that's where you get names like Laurent Dauphin. And I put Kotkaniemi on the list too, but I, I'm pretty sure he's injured and he might not even be able to be ready to go for playoff time. So then I would have to look again. I don't, I don't even know. I could pull it cap friendly. Maybe someone like Alex Belzile would be uh, skating as one of the black aces. Yeah, so so when you when you pull up names like Lionel Dauphin, Alex Bazile, uh, it really makes you worry, and that's because you know they really are up much compared to the Penguins. Uh, but you know there's always hope. There's always hope because hockey, first of all, hockey is has always been uh, a lot of a coin flip. Uh, who knows? Maybe the series is gonna be five games, so then it becomes even more random. Uh, so look, I'm not abandoning all hope for the Habs. I'll still be openly cheering for them. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the boogeyman that the entire league seems to be fearing right now in the form of Carey Price, maybe he'll actually show up uh, and steal the series. You never know all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't count on it, uh, personally. So I'm going to take a look at this uh, the Canadians lineup right now as it stands. I mean, Dale Weiss is in there. But to be totally honest, I feel like that was, that was like more of a placeholder for like, you know, they've kind of given up in the playoffs, sold the deadline in the play in. I doubt very much that Dale Weiss will be in the starting lineup. Um, I might have talked about this a little bit recently, but let's just look at this again. Maybe talk about it a little bit more. So you got Tatar, Daniel Gallagher, it's the, the top line as it's been for almost two years now. Uh, second line, I would probably put Nick Suzuki at center with Jonathan Drew and Joel Armia. Third line. Uh, Max Domi. Oh, this is another thing. Um, Max Domi might not even play if it's if the doctor's rule isn't safe for him because, of course, he has diabetes. And Mark Bergeron said if the doctors say it's not safe for him to play, he won't play. I think it's the same story with Luke Cunning uh, with the Minnesota Wild. So that's uh, that would be another blow to the forwards of the Canadians for sure. And that is quite a real possibility. Uh, we can talk about that maybe a little in a second. I'll finish going through this lineup, I guess. we got got uh, Domi with like uh, Lekkonen and Byron. And then a fourth line you would have maybe, like, if Kotkaniemi can't play, like maybe uh, Ryan Paling, Jordan Wheel, and uh, Jake Evans. Or maybe you'd have Charlotte Udo in there instead of one of them. Yeah, that, that sounds about accurate. Uh, and, I mean, it, it really is, when you compare it to a lineup of, you know, of, you look at the Penguins' depth chart, uh, and I think they really bought at the deadline compared to the Habs, uh, who sold. Uh, there really is a mismatch. And, but... Uh, you know, look, this team, this team, especially near the top, you know, we have Nick Suzuki. Uh, we haven't said his name in a while, uh, but shout out to him. He's had a fantastic season. Just had to mention that again. Uh, and, he, like, I mean, the, the caliber of player really kind of really pales compared to Pittsburgh. But, you know, I, I can't say I hate this. I can't hate. I can't say I hate the, this, this, this forward core if you don't look past the four lines. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, there's one thing, like, not hating it. Another thing, like, well, you know, for a playoff team, uh, this is definitely not good enough to have... Okay, Tatar and O'Gallagher is, like, they've been pretty good as a first line, I guess. Um, hopefully when the Canadians are contending for a Stanley Cup within the next couple years or so, fingers crossed, uh, their top line is a lot better than what Tatar and O'Gallagher is now. Uh, honestly, though, like... Yeah, it's still, like, the lack of high-end talent. It's been there the whole time. It hasn't changed. And, like, selling a couple pieces at the deadline, even if one of them is Ilya Kovalchuk, who we kind of grew pretty fond of, uh, I don't think it would have made such a uh, tremendous difference. I don't I don't really know. 
No, this, the, the, the fact of the matter is, uh, I don't hate it, but it's not a playoff lineup at all. It never was. Uh, and, you know, it really goes to, you know, you go to question, uh, did Bergevin really think that this team was going to make the playoffs? Uh, looking like with hindsight, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but you look at the caliber of players. Uh, even even with Nick Suzuki having the season he had, I mean, this really doesn't look like a playoff. It really isn't a playoff roster. Uh, I won't stop reminding you that in our very first episode, you said that you predicted the Canadians would make the playoffs. I know. This season. I know. So, so maybe don't pushing Bergevin for being all all delusional about that. Uh, maybe I was de- maybe I was delusional with him. You know, maybe we were both. Yeah. Uh, uh huh. So uh, I don't look at those a Penguins depth chart. Uh, one thing I want to mention first is that Nick Bugstad and Dominic Saman both will not be available for the Penguins because they are injured. They both had surgeries recently. I don't remember exactly what. Uh, Nick Bugstad back injury. Dominic Saman uh shoulder. He got shoulder surgery. He's out for six months, starting like a couple weeks ago. So both of them won't be playing. But still. The Penguins forward corps, of course, uh, blows Montreal out of the water as it has for pretty much the entirety of the past 10 years. Jake Gensel was supposed to miss like the entire rest of the season, but there's a pretty good chance he'll be good to go. I talked about the possibility of a Gensel-Crosby-Zucker top line on our last show or the one before that. But then, of course, beyond that, Evgeny Malkin is still centering the second line with the likes of, you know, uh, I don't know exactly like what the lines are going to be like, but if I want to just list other forwards on this team, Jared McCann. Brian Rust, uh, Teddy Bluger's there too, probably centering the fourth line. You've also got Patrick Marlowe, Evan Rodriguez, Brandon Tanev. Uh, um, so there's definitely there's a lot to be uh, to be afraid of from uh, Montreal perspective. And Connor Sheary, that's why that's why I forgot because uh, he's listed here differently. Yeah, Connor Sheary, who they acquired back from Buffalo at the traded line, he's back on the Penguins. So there's a lot to be afraid of in the Penguins forward group, of course. Yeah, I mean it always has, as you mentioned, the last decade. Uh, this team. I mean, look, this is, a, this is a team that won, what, a Stanley Cup a few years ago, three years ago. They won three Stanley Cups in the last decade. Uh, Crosby, Malkin, n- can never discount them. And so, yeah, this was this was, this team was a lock for the playoffs uh, when the pandemic hit. And, I mean, and you can see why. This wasn't just a hot stretch. This wasn't just a hot team. This team is stacked, uh, especially in the forward group. Uh, looking at the defensemen, I mean, they have obviously have the Chris Letang up there. They had John Marino, who had a fantastic season as a rookie. I know he had like a bit of collar talk coming in because he was so underratedly good. Uh, and so even when it comes to the defense, I think Pittsburgh has the edge there. The only real uh, edge Montreal has is, you know, if Carey Price can get it together. Uh, but, you know, Tristan Jerry uh, was having a good season. Matt Murray, you can never discount that, even though he was. Uh, in a bit of a slump this season. I mean, Carey Price was not... I mean, we can't pretend that Carey Price was on top of the game. Uh, so, even in the goaltending, I mean, if we're talking about seasons that these people had, like like this season, like, I don't even know if I can give Montreal the edge there. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't I don't think I... Uh, well, you know, I probably still would because, I mean, Tristan Jari, you know, hasn't really established himself as, like, you know, being really good for such an extended stretch of time. Not to mention that I think there's a pretty good chance Pittsburgh might still lean to Matt Murray and his playoff pedigree. So uh, there's no foregone conclusion as to who the starter is going to be for the Penguins. But uh, I think it's probably safe to say that both of us would be pretty close to shocked if Montreal managed to pull off this upset. And I think most of the hockey world would agree too. So I think probably what we can hope for out of this series is, I mean, it's good playoff experience for guys like, you know, Nick Suzuki 
and whoever, whatever else uh, young players get into the game, whether that's uh, Ryan Paling, Jake Evans. Um, and they've also, I think they've got a couple other players who maybe have never played in a playoff game. I know Max Domi is among them. Victor Mete, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, he hasn't played in the playoffs either. And no, Philip Deno, I think, actually. I'm not sure if he ever got into a playoff game with Chicago. Oh, he did in 2017 with Montreal. But like a lot of players, still young players, have limited experience. Kotkaniemi, too, if he's healthy, that would be great for him. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking for going into this series. And if they don't embarrass themselves, then, uh, then I'll be all right with it. Yeah, just as long as, you know, they're not totally swept. I want some competition. I'm not expecting a win by any means. Uh, but, you know, I think if they would get swept, I'd get tired of, you know, the media saying, oh, you know, look, now, now look, see, told you so. They were, this team really didn't belong in the playoffs. Do they belong in the playoffs? No, they don't. But, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to hear that much halves bashing. So, yeah, the experience is good for these young players. Uh, and... Just put up a fight. Just put up a fight. And that's all I'm asking at this point. Yeah, I feel like in terms, if you're looking for not being bashed by their fans, I don't really think you're going to come out happy no matter how well or poorly Montreal does. If they're terrible, then they'll be made fun of for being the, the outcast amongst the teams that had a fighting chance at making the playoffs. And if they do well and maybe even beat the Penguins, then all of a sudden they've got a huge target on their backs in terms of you know being the NHL's favorite son, because they're a big market and not deserving to be there at all. So I wouldn't worry too much about what anyone else thinks in terms of, uh, you know, making fun of or being mad at the Montreal Canadiens. Ah, but look, if they, but that's the thing, right? If they do win the series, at that point, I don't care what the media says. They can go suck it. Uh, yeah, perfect. The playoffs. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, so you have anything else to add on the series? Maybe we can look at some other ones. Uh, I don't really think so. I mean, we'll probably be talking about it quite a bit over the next what two months or so so we don't need to go too deep now uh and not to mention i mean there isn't too much to say besides pittsburgh is much better and they're probably going to win uh if we want to put it short like that but of course we'll find more to say over the next couple months so i would be fine jumping into a couple of the other series and maybe a couple of early non-official predictions yeah sure okay so let's 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 stick with the east uh shall we uh, yeah. the next series I find pretty intriguing, uh, mostly because one of the teams in there uh, I despise with all my heart. Uh, one series that will be definitely following, I'll be watching the games, uh, is the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, facing off against the Columbus Blue Jackets in the 8 against 9 matchup. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting storylines coming into this playing series. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is one of the ones that I'm most interested in. I'm always very interested in watching the, the Leafs there. As much as I hate them, very exciting and fun to watch. Uh, but I, to be totally honest, I don't know if I'm going to have a strong rooting interest against them, even in this series, because, well, I don't really, I'm not such a fan of the Blue Jackets either. Uh, I love Seth Jones, one of my favorite defensemen. Elvis is a lot of fun, of course, but I mean, rooting for a John Tortorella team just feels totally wrong to me. So I don't know who I'm going to be rooting for, but either way, I'm very excited to watch this and I would definitely predict that the Leafs would win. And I think there's a good chance they do it pretty handily, maybe in three or four games, which honestly sounds weird. Swept in three is the old joke, but it could actually, it probably will happen this year. Anyway, because when you got like these teams coming off a long break that are, that are rusty, usually the ones with higher skill, I feel like would thrive at least at the beginning. That's why a lot of times you'll see sloppier hockey at the beginning of the regular season in October. And a lot of times Toronto would get off to a pretty good start to the season, or at least their offensive players would. So I think that's one of the reasons 
reasons why they'll they'll have an edge over the Blue Jackets. Not to mention, I think they're just on paper they're they're better all around. So if this were a normal playoff series, I'd probably pick the Leafs anyway. Yeah, but that's the thing. If it was a normal playoff series, if this was two teams, if you erased the names of the teams, if you erased Toronto and you erased Columbus, I would pick Toronto 10 times out of 10. But the fact is, Toronto has some weird-ass playoff voodoo going on in their minds. Uh, We've seen it against Boston. Uh, And, you know, I don't know. It just seems like like a lot of people see Toronto as a favorite in this series. And I wouldn't put it past Columbus to come out uh, and, and take the series because, you know, I, I, and, I'll, and I'll put the disclaimer every single time, right? The, uh, hockey is so random and this playing series is going to be even crazier with everybody rusty. But even moving past that, right, this Columbus team was never supposed to be even sniffing the playoffs. Uh, and yet, what, they were they were the ninth seed, so they were extremely close uh, to making it, right? They, they completely dismantled uh, after being the Lightning last year. So they have that playoff experience. They have done the Dragon Slaying last year against Tampa Bay. They swept them. Uh, and this year, they they were the underdog all season. Nobody expected them to do anything. Everybody left last year. You know, Panarin, you had to do Shane. Uh, and, you know, they bought so much of the deadline, and then they all ended up leaving. But, you know, you can't discredit uh, Elvis. We had a whole quiz on him earlier in the, earlier this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And they also had Corpus Allo if, if, you know, I don't even know who they're going to start. Right, Corpusello or Merzlikens, uh, and no matter which, both of them have had fantastic seasons. And so, when it comes to goaltending, I give them the edge uh, over Freddie Anderson, who's been, you know, all right. He's been kind of inconsistent. Uh, and yeah, it's just the talent. I agree. Toronto probably has a better, t- almost definitely has the better talent coming into the series. However, uh, when it comes to mentality, uh, I, I know that you can't, I can't, you can't really calculate it or put too much stock into it. But you know, given Toronto's past histories. I, I don't know. I think I'm going to pick... Uh, I think this one's going in the distance. I think it's going five games or seven games, depending on how they... They haven't determined the length yet, right? The, the so plane I'll will be five. It. The plane will be five, for okay. sure. It's the plane just will be like five. the first okay. two rounds, they don't know. Okay, so I'll take five games. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm taking Columbus. All right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. Remember, these are unofficial predictions. So maybe we'll have like an official uh, bracket challenge or maybe it won't be a bracket, just like a prediction <laughs> challenge. Okay, or bracket challenge. Yeah, maybe we'll do that like as we get closer to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't think okay. I don't think it's necessarily fair to say like uh, Toronto has this playoff voodoo thing because I mean it's not like they've well obviously oh like, twenty thirteen is like basically a totally different world, a totally different Toronto team. I think uh, I actually think they don't have any players left from that team now. I don't think Morgan Riley was there yet, so I think it's been total turnover since then. So that's basically irrelevant at this point. Um, but also in the past two years. They lost to the Bruins, and they did it in seven games. And the Bruins um, last year went on to the Stanley Cup Finals. So it's not like they've lost any sort of embarrassing fashion. Not that they performed so well in that Game 7 last year. But not to mention, also from last year's Toronto team, now that I think of it, there's been a lot of turnover from there too. Like uh, Nazem Kadri's gone, Jake Garner's gone. They've got uh, Tyson Berry, Alexander Kerfoot. They've got Ilya Mikheyev, who might be healthy. They'll have Nick Robertson on the taxi squad. So I think it's a pretty different Toronto team. And with Columbus also... A lot of people are pointing to last year's, uh, you know, the you know surprise sweep over Tampa Bay, but I wouldn't put too much stock into that because, well, first of all, 
Columbus, of course, lost Panarin. Matt Duchesne, Sergei Bobrovsky played great in that series. And also, uh, I don't think people give enough credit, or I guess whatever the opposite of credit is, to how poorly Tampa Bay played after Game 1, after they blew that 3-0 lead in Game 1, and then they just couldn't get anything going at all for the entire rest of the series. So I feel I'm fairly confident in Toronto over Columbus. I don't think that prediction will change over the next two months. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty confident in that one. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Uh, one last thing about the series that I'll point out about Toronto. This isn't just a playoff thing, too. Uh, I mean, this season they had their ups and downs. This was no, by no means a dominant team. Uh, I mean, I remember just a few months ago they were in a dogfight with Florida about who was going to lose more games, who's going to lose themselves out of that third division spot. Uh, and so, look, this wasn't, this was, you know, I, I don't totally buy this Toronto team. And so I, I frankly don't really see my Columbus pick changing either. Uh, so that, that, that'll be one difference in our brackets. Uh, so right. moving on, moving on, uh, to another, the next series, I believe it's Carolina, uh, against the Rangers. And I don't, I don't, re- I don't really see much, uh, the, the narratives on this one aren't as big as I don't think you'll see with, with the Montreal or the Toronto series. Uh, honestly, this is one of the series I'm most excited for. Uh, besides, obviously, watch, watching Montreal, uh, I think this is, has a good chance to be the most exciting series in the uh, the entire playing round. Because, okay, uh, you've got two teams that are very exciting, high flying offenses. Obviously, Carolina, of course, you know, recently came to you know the excitement over the past year or two with out of the storm surge, Aho, Sveshnikov, Teravainen, and one of the deepest defense cores in the entire league. It's honestly crazy. They have like at least nine really good NHL defensemen, uh, including one who they just acquired from the Rangers as a trade deadline in Brady Shea for a first-round pick. So that'll be exciting to watch how Brady Shea does against his former team, not to mention the Rangers, who uh, honestly, I thought that was a pretty strange trade to make if they to make if they still hope to get into the playoffs because now the left side of their defense is totally void, basically. It's Ryan Lindgren, Mark Stahl, and Brendan Smith, I think, are the three guys on the left, unless Keandre Miller is eligible to make the playoffs, I'm, which, if he is, I'm almost certain he would definitely make that team. But, um, yeah, so this is going to be a really interesting one to watch, not to mention the Rangers' goaltending situation. People talk about if Lundqvist or Igor Shestergen should get the start in net, so that's a lot of interesting stories to watch here, and I think it would be a really exciting series. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I I don't know if the the Rangers uh, really match up with the Hurricanes. You talk about that defense core. Uh, it's funny, right? Brady Shea went from the Rangers to the Hurricanes, I believe, uh, in that trade deadline trade. Uh, and uh, I just I really see a big disparity here uh, when it comes to these two teams. I really think uh, I know the Hurricanes were 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 you know up and down. But I think that they really are on another level compared to the Rangers. I know everybody kind of counted out the Rangers, and they were a really hot team for for a stretch of time with you know Shesterkin uh, and who was their other goalie again? I freaking forget his name. Uh, Gorgiev. Uh, right, Gorgiev. Uh, so, but uh, I don't know if I'm making my pick in this one. Uh, I'm taking the Hurricanes pretty confidently in in three or four. Yeah, I'm taking the Hurricanes too in this one. Uh, they do outmatch the Rangers, in my opinion. But, uh, I mean, when the Rangers have, you know, Panarin, Zibanejad, arrested Capo Caco, who basically went, like, uh, a year and a half without stopping playing hockey. And that's maybe one of the reasons why his rookie year was so disappointing. Now that he's had these couple months off, I think he could really surprise some people. Yeah, 
Possibly. Uh, it's, it's just a bunch... That, that team is so young, and uh, I mean, they're supposed to be rebuilding, right? Uh, even when they did get Panarin, so it'll be interesting. Uh, and that's another team, like Montreal. Uh, I'm sure they'll benefit greatly from the experience. Uh, so, and the last series, uh, I, I don't know about this one. Uh, the Islanders uh, against the Panthers. Yeah, uh, this, uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I think I'm going to enjoy this one because uh, you probably remember this. In 2016, when we were in uh, grade 8, these two teams met in the first round of the playoffs. And for whatever reason, uh, you and basically all of our friends were picking the Panthers. And I was the only one who picked the Islanders to win that series. And that's the main reason why I got so invested in it way back in 2016. And when the Islanders did win in six games uh, with the help of a game five overtime winning goal by Alan Quine, and then again game six by John Tavares. Uh, so I, I I remember that one. I remember that one vividly. I'm excited for the rematch this time, though. I don't think I'm picking the Islanders. I think I'm kind of switching gears, pick the Panthers, because uh, well, of course the Islanders are very different now than they were then. Uh, the lack of John Tavares, notably, and Alan Quine. He's now with the Flames. So uh, and I think with the Panthers, with they got you know. Uh, more developed, you know, Barkov, Huberdeau, better offense, uh, more or less. I still have uh, reasonable faith in Sergei Bobrovsky in terms of maybe being a, a good goalie like he was last year in the playoffs, uh, but that's a question mark. Uh, the thing that kind of turns me off from the Islanders is just like the the lack of offense. It really wasn't there like it was in um, in 2016. So uh, it's really a probably a different series than it was four years ago, and I'm probably picking the Panthers. You know, I'm actually having a really hard time uh, picking either of these teams, right? On one hand, New York, like they weren't really, like they were in a playoff spot, but they really couldn't get that scoring going uh, and they were really up and down. They just really couldn't score any goals. However, the thing with Florida is I can't put any faith in that organization and or on that team given the way they played this year, right? They had a playoff spot right for the taking in that third Atlantic spot with Toronto, which I, which I mentioned earlier was struggling. And yet it just seemed like they were intent on losing, losing, losing. This is a 10 seed. This team was not going to make the playoffs in a normal year uh, and they didn't deserve to. Uh, meanwhile, the Islanders, they are in that seventh seed spot. And, and look, I, I give them credit for, for staying afloat. So, you know, I think about it, you know, the, the Panthers definitely have more star power. Bobrovsky had a terrible season this year, but I mean, he turned it on the playoffs last year. And I mean, is Bobrovsky, can, can you really count him out? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, so in terms of stealing a series, I think Florida has more potential. But in terms of making a pick, I mean, I, I really see Florida potentially coming out coming out flat. And so I actually think I'm going to take the Islanders in this one. In, in, uh, in a long right. way, in five. Um, I do yeah. want to bring it to your attention that the Islanders went into this long pause on a six-game losing streak, and Jean-Gabriel Pajot has still yet to win a game with his new team. So just take, take, uh, take with that what you will. I know it's probably irrelevant considering they've had so much time off but uh, just a little interesting thing i thought you might be you might you might want to know okay that's that that'll be something i note uh and you know if there's one series in the east that might flip-flop it might be this one uh because you know i'm trying to weigh uh just the steadiness of the islanders this year with you know the steel series potential of you know barkoff huberto and Borowski uh on the panthers so you know we'll see something to keep track of uh, is my pick in that one. So, you know, we can quickly move through the West if you want. Uh, and starting with probably what's probably going to be the most covered series because it's just so interesting in terms of matchups uh, because, you know, it's the Oilers 
Uh, and it is the Oilers who are basically a lock for the playoffs this year. Or not, maybe not a lock, but they were firmly in the playoff spot, fifth seed, uh, against the Blackhawks, who it seems like, like Montreal, the NHL conspired to enter the playoffs in order to get another big, big market uh, in there for those TV rights. Uh, your initial thoughts? Uh, yeah, my initial thoughts is uh, I think Edmonton's going to win. But, I mean, I think it could be closer than... A lot of people think, actually, no, not more than a lot of people think, because for whatever reason, a lot of people are really saying, oh, watch out for the Blackhawks. They've been there before. And I mean, I don't really put that much stock into that, to be totally honest. Uh, so I'm definitely picking the Oilers um, because, well, goaltending is a question mark, of course. But I mean, that's a really big question mark for both teams. You've got a duo of Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith up against Corey Crawford and Malcolm Subban. So nothing to write home about from either side. Uh, in terms of the, the rest of the West, uh, maybe we can kind of just like go through it a little bit, maybe just like pick predictions and maybe go a little bit deeper on it next week because uh, I've got a, a little bit of a, a, a game to play and I've got to be done by maybe about 2.30, a little bit after. So just uh, maybe just like do the predictions. Okay, sure. Uh, on the Oilers-Blackhawks, uh, I mean, I really don't see the Blackhawks uh, doing anything in that series. I don't get the big hype about them. Uh, they really haven't really done anything special. They're the 12th seed. So I'm taking the Oilers in that one an easy three or four. Yeah, probably, probably four games, I would say, at this point. Okay, moving on to the next series in the West. Uh, let me just... It's the Preds and the Coyotes. This is a pretty interesting one. The Predators have been pretty inconsistent. They went on a hot streak to end it. Uh, meanwhile, the Coyotes... Uh, got Taylor Hall, but have been total dog shit. And so that's why I'm taking the Predators uh, in four. Uh, this one is probably the series that uh, comes closest to contesting Islanders versus Panthers for most boring of the plan. Uh, but you know what? I am picking the Arizona Coyotes in this one. I have faith in uh, whichever one of their goalies they choose to play more than in either Pecorino or UC Saros. And I think I've said this before while the season was still going on. Nashville, I feel like they're just giving off bad vibes this year. And I know the Coyotes haven't been playing very well, especially like since that Taylor Hall trade for whatever reason. But maybe this long break was just what they what they needed to get this forward group ignited because they've got a lot of really good pieces and that I think the forward group is at least as good as Nashville. So I am picking the Coyotes in this series. And if uh, the Predators do manage to win this series, uh, watch out for mystery teams Coyotes to win the draft lottery. Uh, so uh, next series, we have the Canucks and the Wild. Um, the Canucks were, I mean, they were in the lead in their, in their Pacific Division for a long time there. Uh, and it really did look like they belonged in the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Wild are the Wild. I don't know what more I have to say. This is mediocrity uh, embodied uh, in an NHL team. Tenth place. Uh, I don't think they were going to make the playoffs. They were on the bubble, though. Uh, but I don't give them the credit. They they need to beat the Canucks in this one. Uh, in terms of series, I, I think this one might be the easiest for me. Maybe the Oilers series takes that. But in the West, uh, I'm taking the Canucks in this one uh, every single time. I'm picking the Canucks too. Not necessarily as easy as you seem to have taken it, but I feel like this is maybe a little bit of a toned-down version of Toronto versus Columbus, whereas Vancouver is clearly the more skilled team. You know, Pedersen, Besser, Hughes, Horvat. Uh, not to mention the much more, uh, the much better goalie in Jakob Markstrom. In Minnesota, in Minnesota, Alex Daylock kind of took over the job there. They, of course, just as always, don't have very much high 
power offensive ability. So Vancouver's my pick in that one too. And for the last series, the all-Canadian matchup, Calgary and Winnipeg, this is the one that I, I'm still really going back and forth on. I want to see what your ideas are. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is this is a tough matchup. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, if there's one matchup in the West in this play-in round, uh, I'll be following. It's probably going to be this one. Uh, number one, because, you know, two Canadian teams going at it, but also just the matchup is fascinating. Uh, when it comes to picking a winner, uh, I mean, this is this is tough. But, I, I mean, Connor Hellebuck, that's, that's the name that comes up. Uh, that's the first name that comes up to mind when it comes to this series. Uh, and I don't know. He's, he had... A heart level uh, season, but that's but that's the thing. You had a heart level season, and they weren't even in the playoffs. But when the season ended, and so you know the Jets, they weren't playing great in front of him, and so that's that's what I'm trying to weigh. But it is a you know best of five series. Uh, goalies do have an outsized importance in these series, and so I'm I'm just for that, just for Carter Hellebuck, who should win the Vezina, and maybe even some heart consideration. Uh, I'm taking the Jets. Yeah, um, in most series, I feel like I wouldn't honestly take goaltending into too much account because it was so unpredictable. But this is the I feel like the Flames are the kind of team that would really kind of get flustered if they can't solve a goalie early, and that that could maybe really turn the series south for them. So Hellebuck, that's probably the main reason why I am picking the Jets in this one as well, at least for now. Of course, subject to change over the next two months or so. So I guess that's kind of our, our very first little brief preview of the potential playoffs. And so I want to do something a little bit special for the trivia segment this week that is honestly less of a trivia and more of a game that you and I are going to play against each other. And honestly, depending on how quickly it goes or how fun we're having, we could play as many times as we want. I want to know, have you ever played the board game Guess Who? Yes, I have. All right, so... All right, so basically, so I've got a list here of the 22 players currently on the Canadians roster, according to Cat Friendly. And to make it 25 like the normal game, I've added uh, Ryan Paling, Isperi Kakanyemi, and Jake Evans. So the list is them, plus Tatar, Gallagher, Dano, Suzuki, Domi, Druen, Army, Alekhanen, Byron, Wheel, Weiss, Udon, Weber, Petrie, Sherratt, Kulak, Mete, Folin, Alsner, Xavier Ouellette, Carey Price, and Charlie Lindgren. All right, so I'm going to send this to you right now on Messenger this list of players and i am also going to send you a link to random.org slash lists all right i'm going to send those uh just as soon as it loads and so what i'm going to ask you to do is put the list into the the uh the randomizer and whichever name comes out on top that's going to be your player and i'm going to do the same thing and i'm going to have a player too so I just sent you the list. Now I'm copying the link and I'm going to send it to you. So while I do this, I'm going to explain to our listeners how this game works in case you don't know. Basically, this is a little board game with uh, you have 25 little cartoon faces in front of you. And you have one of them that's on a little card that is your character. And your opponent also has a character that's a different one. And basically, you have to ask them yes or no questions about their character. Like, does your character have glasses? Does your character have a hat? Does your character have facial hair or whatever you want? And they'll answer yes or no. And then depending on their answer, you you basically hide the characters and you try to narrow it down to who their character actually is. And Whoever's the first one to guess is your character, whatever, James or Annie or whatever, the first one to get it right wins the wins the game. 
So what I decided is we can do this with the Canadians, uh, the Canadians, and we can ask each other yes or no questions about this team. And I mean, about whichever player we have and uh, and play the game. So I think this will be a pretty fun idea. Uh, are you excited for this? Yeah, I love it. I love I love the concept. Uh, let's freaking go. Great idea. All right. Have you randomized? Do you have your uh, your your player? No, I'm going to do that right now. Uh, I've got my mouse on the randomize button. Here we go. Uh, okay, so what's what am I? Which one am I supposed to pick here? Am I, do I pick the first one on the list? I picked the first one. I, I was thinking that that's what that's what we would do. Uh, the one downside to this is that um, the listeners don't know who we who the the characters are. So I don't know. Are you are you do you have like headphones on? So like you can like take them off maybe while I say who mine is, and then I'll do the same for you. Okay, I'm I'm giving you five seconds to say your name. Uh, all right, here we go. I'm taking it off my earbuds. Okay, my character is Yoel Armia. Okay, you back? All right, I'm back. Uh, didn't right. hear who you have. Okay, uh, good. So I'm, if you would, yeah. I'm now. I'm going to remove my headphones in three, two, one. All right, everybody. I got Yoel Armia. All right, let's freaking okay. go. Okay, you ready to go? All we right. are ready I... to go. Okay, do you want to ask me first? Sure, why not? Uh, okay. So, uh, pretty basic question I think we're going to start off with. Is your player a forward? Yes, my player is a forward. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, so you can cross off all the defensemen and goalies. All right, I am going to ask you the same question. Is your character a forward? Yes, he is. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, so wait. Now, How are you? I have a question. How are you crossing off players? Uh, I'm honestly, I haven't thought of this. I'm just doing this in my head so far. Maybe it would be a good idea to get out like uh, a notes doc or a piece of paper or something. I haven't started yet. Okay. Give me 15 seconds and I'm going to quickly uh, get my shit together. Okay, you're going right. to write it up? Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll yeah. do the same thing. Maybe that's a good okay. idea. Yeah. Click, click, click. All right. Wait, All right. I'm do gonna, you have... So I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna write I'm gonna up all the forwards, and I'm going mm -hmm. to start stri striking through as soon as I... So let me just start typing them out. You know, maybe this, this is honestly... I feel like this is great uh, podcast material, is listening to us narrating our writing things down on a document. Yes. Okay, so update. I have crossed out Carl Osner. <laughs> 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 well, now, now that I know your character is a forward, I'm just writing all the forwards. And then maybe if we play another round, then I'll change it later on. Okay. All right. Uh, I just copy-pasted mine into a Word document, and I'm one by one. Oh, that would, that would have been um, a much better idea. <laughs> oh, uh, well. Let's see. Do you want to ask the next question while you do this? Yes, that's a, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, all right. Thank you. All right. So let me just look at who I have left. Um, hmm. Is your player? Does your is it is he a center? Uh, my character is not a center. He's not a center. Ooh, spicy news! So we cross off Nick Suzuki from the list. You know, I feel like maybe one of the things that I didn't totally think through all the way was that the questions we're asking each other are going to be extremely similar. Which I guess is kind of the <laughs> how guess who I guess that's kind of how guess who normally works, but like maybe I'll try to spice it up a little here. Does your character shoot left? 
does he shoot left? That's a that's an interesting question. Uh, let me where let's check this guy's hockey DB page. Yeah, it should be that hard um, to find. He shoots right, so All no, right. okay, he does not shoot okay. left. That That's... does that narrows it down quite a bit, actually. Uh, Son of a all shit. Right. All right. Yeah. Okay. What are our rules considering guessing? By the way, like, is it first one to what guess do who it is? Do if you if get you a can... first, do I get a chance? Do I get a chance to guess? Do I get a chance to uh? Oh uh, well. To like steal, uh, like to match, to tie it. No, you asked the first question, right? Or was it me? I yeah. think it was you. It was me. Yeah. So, so if I guess by that logic, if I guess it first, then I win. But if you guess it first, then I get a chance to tie. You know, just to even out the rounds. Uh, at any time you want, though. Anytime you want, you can guess a player, and if you're right, you win. And if not, then that was that was your question, and we just keep going. Okay. All right. Um. All right. My turn. Uh. So. Hmm. Does the player currently play in the top six? Wait, it's my turn. Yeah, top six on the depth chart. Uh, you mean like on the cap friendly depth chart? Yeah, on the cap friendly depth chart. Uh, yes, yes, that player does. Ooh, now, now we've now we've really spiced it down. Uh, let's. Okay, all right. That's good to know. All, uh, all right. Question? My question is, uh, was your player drafted by the Canadians? Was he? I don't believe he was. No, he wasn't. Okay. Uh, all right. Here I go. I'm deleting. Okay, you go. All right. One sec. Who do I have left? Hmm. How many players do you have left? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to reveal that information. I've no, got a no, number of players. Because in, well, in the normal game, you can easily okay, okay, see okay, on the other right, person's right. board. Here, I'll tell you, you tell me. I've got four players left. Oh, boy. I've also got four players left. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, let's, 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 let's buckle down. Um, okay, you know, I'm just going to copy you because this one is actually a fitting question for me. Was your player drafted by the Habs? No, my player was not drafted by the Habs. Okay, well, that's fascinating. All right. Okay. Uh, does your player's last name start with a W? No, it doesn't. All right, I'm down to two players now. Okay, is your player Yoel Armia? How, yes. It, what? How How did you get that? Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Uh, just guess? Hell yeah, I did. Let's fucking All right. go. So, all right, so no, oh wait, no, I have the okay. chance to tie now, right? Yeah, the chance to tie. Let's go. All right, I have two players left. Uh, I want to say, is your okay. player Nick Suzuki? No, it isn't. It's actually Yoel Armia. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we both got the same player. <laughs> we both got the same fucking player. No way. It's <laughs> hilarious. Oh, my God. All right. Everyone we listening like... could tell the entire time. <laughs> that's that's great. Um, okay, oh, yeah. The, 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 yeah. Want to do it again? Sure, let's do it again. Uh, All right. The reason I picked Yoel Armia last round uh, was because it was down to Tatar and Armia uh, for me, and uh, you know I said fuck it, let's let's guess Armia because that'd be jokes, that'd be hilarious if we got the same player. Uh, yeah. And what, yeah. What when you have know? two players left, when you have two players left, it's generally the smart thing to do is to guess one of them. Right. 
Uh, right. So that's that. Okay, that's that's a great start to this game. Um, I mean, what are the what are the one out of twenty six, right? Or one out of twenty five? Yeah, twenty five. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get player number two. All right. Let's randomize. Go. Oh. All right. Solid name. All right. Who All right. announces their player first? Uh, I'll announce it first. So you take okay. when you're taking your take off. off in three, two, one. They're off. My player is Jordan Wheel. Okay, I'm done. All right, I'm coming back online. Here we go. I'm taking my All headphones right, off in three, two, one. Okay. Uh, hopefully he didn't get Yasperi Kakaniemi because that'd be really jokes. But yeah, that's who I have. Yasperi Kakaniemi. Okay, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Um, so, wait, you guess first last time. How about I guess first this time? So then you'll be the one with the potential opportunity to tie. Okay, sounds good. All right. Uh, is your player a forward? Yes, he is. Ah, all right. I'll so, match that with the same question. It's a nice it's a nice divider. Uh, really is, is your player really a forward? Is. My yeah. player is also a forward. Not oh, dirty. I get the I get the feeling we got the same player again. I don't um, think so. Not this time. No, way, no be, way. That would be hilarious. What are the odds? <laughs> the odds of it happening <laughs> just once is like what what's twenty five times twenty five? One in whatever that Six is. Four. Well, well, yes, no. The odds are... of happening are once. Yeah, once. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, just I'm not sure the math is right on that one, but it's it's good. Yeah, you're right. It was it was just one in twenty five. Yeah, that 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 was the odds of that happening. All right. Anyway. Okay. Your turn. Uh, asking another question. Um, I will ask, is your character a center? Good yes, player, he is. Yes, yes, he is. is. All right. All right. Just just to be clear, players who can play center and wing. Uh, they count as a center, or also if okay. I ask, uh, if I ask that they're a winger, then the answer to that is yes. Also, maybe we should have actually set beforehand like which players count as what. Uh, whatever, too late. What if what if we what if we look at the cap friendly depth chart? What if we use that as the designation? Or like um like a player that's that's uh listed as center comma left wing for example can be both or exactly where they're placed. Um, like, all right. So you have the depth chart pulled up. It says like Max Domi is. Uh, wait, that's a bad example. Um, here it says like, uh, yeah, I'll say Max Domi center come left wing, but in the lineup he's a center. So if I say, for example, is your player a left winger? Then Max Domi will count. I don't know. That's for us to decide. I don't. It, it's right, it's I good for we'll me either yes. way. I think yes. We'll say okay, yes. he is a left winger. All right. All right. That's good. All right. And your okay. player is a center. My player is a center. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Um, is your player a right winger? My player is a right winger. Ooh. Okay. Uh. So, Dano is out. Dano. Where's Dano? All right. Are you ready for me to ask you a question now? Uh. Yeah. Just give me a quick. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. okay. All right, all right. He's a, all okay, right. wait, so he's a center forward. All right, that's good enough. All right, let's go. All right, once again, I'm going to ask, uh, was your player drafted by the Canadians? He was drafted by the Canadians. All right, all right. I've got three players left now. 
Wow. Okay, that was fast. I don't even know how many players I have left. Um, okay. Uh, God help me. Uh, all right, I'm going with, you know, wait, he's a right winger. Uh, okay, so I'll go with the same question I went last round. Uh, does he play in the top six? Um, my player does not play in the top six. Okay, not in the top six. So now we're really, we're drowning here. Um, go for it. All right, I'm pretty sure that having three players left, the logical thing to do is just to guess one of them because either way, you're just narrowing it down to two or you win. Whereas any other question, you either narrow it down to two or you know automatically. So I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Is your player Ryan Paling? It is not Ryan Paling. Okay. Um, so that's that's a shame for you. Um, that is a shame for me. Okay, here's... Here's my question. Wait, if I if I get it right now, this is it's a win, right? Like I, it's over. Yeah, I yeah. Can... If you get this, if you get this right now, you win. Okay, wait. Let me just let me just look at the depth chart real quick. Uh, I'm gonna okay, scratch okay. off everybody. All right, all right, all right. This is a big guess. Um, so it is a wait. I said he was a right winger. He is a forward, and he is not in the top six. All right. So I have so many potential players. That this could be, but I um, uh, I, 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 you know what? Screw it. We're gonna, we're gonna go for the home run here. Um, okay, is your player Jake Evans? Uh, wrong. My player is not Jake Evans. That is, it's not Jake Evans. That sucks. All right, what's what's next? All right, now it's my turn to guess. Uh, I have two guys left, and I'm going to say, is your player Jesperi Kakanyemi? Goddamn, it really yes. is because he's very cockney. Okay, right. here we go. It's clutch time. We gotta get this for the tie. We gotta get this for the tie. So it's a right wing or forward on the top six. So we've we've narrowed it down. Uh, we've narrowed it down to let's see how many players we have. Five players. So it's Nick Suzuki. We have Arturi Lekkinen. We have Paul Byron, Jordan Wheel, and Dale Weiss. Um, so who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? I, I mean, I I'm tempted to put those five names in the randomizer, but um, yeah. hmm. I am going to pick number sixty-two, Arturi Lekkinen. Wrong. My player is Jordan Wheel. That's unfortunate. All right. Okay. So it's one to one in this series. Right. Shall we make this? A, right. Shall we make this a best of three? Yeah, we got we got time for one more game to uh to break this tie. Okay. All right. Let's crush it. Okay. You ready? Randomizing. Uh, I am again. Okay. All right. We're good. We're good to go. Wait, did you say the word? Did you say again? Could that potentially be a super big hint for me? No, no. I pressed the button titled again. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, of course. Of course. All okay. right. All right. So, uh, I, I'll say my player first and you will okay. take your headphones off. Headphones off in three, two, one, and they're off. My player is Shay Weber. Okay, we're clear. Is he coming back? Okay, we're coming back on the air. Okay. All, All right. right, we're here. I, I'm taking my headphones off for five seconds in three, two, one. We got uh, Habs icon Dale Weiss uh, as our pick for this round. Let's go. Better get okay, the Okay, I'm back. All right. Okay. <sighs> so, All right. Uh, oh, who's guessing first this time? Who's guessing first? 
Uh, either way is good. Either way is good. Uh, it All seems right. that whoever's gone first won both times. So, up so to you. I'll go first this time. I'll go first. All right. All right. Uh, it, is your player a forward? He is a forward. Wow, again. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah, I got three forwards on the board. It's pretty good. I'll ask you the same thing. Is your player a forward? My player is not a forward. Oh, the bombshell. Um, Absolutely crazy. I'm... That gives me a huge advantage going into this next round. It certainly does. All right. Oh, man. Uh, I think that's our I, first defenseman, right? Or first non-forward, I should say. Th- that is our first non-forward so far. Um, now I am going to ask you... Um, hmm. Because I want to come up with like a good question, but I also want it to be like at least a little bit creative and entertaining. So how about... Uh, does your character have two or fewer syllables in their last name? Yes, he does. He has right. two or fewer syllables in his last name. All right, so that's no okay. Gallagher, no Suzuki, no Lekkonen, no Armia, um, and no Kakanyemi. Oh, wow, I thought okay. that would cut out more than it did. Oh, that's a little disappointing. Anyway, your turn. <laughs> All right, wait a second. Which goalies have we included in this list today? Uh, we have Lindgren and we have Price. So we only have two goalies. That's interesting. We have a whole bunch of defensemen. Uh, let me just see the goalies on this roster. Uh, so they're 32. Okay, so I want to go age-based on this one. That's that's. My I was just about to do that. I was going to do that next turn, actually. All right, you go hard. Okay, all right. Okay, I got to pick a number, though. I got to pick a number to cut it off at. Uh, yeah. So we have, you know, we got a couple of 29-year-olds. That feels like a nice natural spot. Uh, let me just... One, how many players do I have left? One, two, three, four, five. I have nine players left. Um, that seems about right. One, two, three. Uh, please excuse this fantastic podcast content. Uh, yeah, maybe why... we could have worked that a little bit better, but we'll get. Maybe we'll do it uh, at some point a later date when we can't come up with a. Good yeah, then, yeah. Maybe I'll uh, I'll shake off the rest on this one. Uh, maybe so we can even pick a different team. There... Ah, that's true. Uh, then I'll even know less about these players. Um, so yeah. if you're a player. 29 or younger my player is not 29 or younger so he is 30 or older that's that's news to me uh you're getting close aren't you how many do you have left um i do believe i have um four players left Oh boy, oh boy. So you're getting real close. You're getting real close. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to try to shave funny. off. Uh, uh, I've got, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've got 10 players left. So I'm going to try to shave okay. off uh, seven of them if I'm lucky. Three of them wow. if I'm not. Okay. Well, three babe. of them if I'm not. I'm either right, going to end this turn with three or seven players left. Does your player's last name start with a D? Last name does it start with a D? It does not start with a D. I'm sorry. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right, All goodbye, right. Dano, Doomy, and Joanne. <laughs> Doomy and Joanne. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're ready? We're ready? I got to go down. I got one. Yep, All right. yep. All right. Did we acquire this player via trade? Yes, we did. Ooh, okay. All right. See you later, Carl Osner and my homie, Carey Price. Uh-huh, yep. So you have two players left now. Yeah, I do. So you will be guessing next turn. There's a 50% chance you'll be right, and there's a 50% chance you'll be wrong. Hmm. So what do I want to do? You know what? I'm going to ask 
I don't know. Hmm. That's a bad question. Hmm. All right, we're we're doing we're doing we're doing the the W question again. Does your player's last name start with a W? I'm only literally going by like the the phonetics of players' names. That's how I'm narrowing this down. <laughs> That's my ultimate it, strategy. It does start with a W. Oh no way! All right, okay, cool. Oh, awesome. you got. It seems like you've got lucky there. How many players are left? Two. Wheel and Weiss. Oh, son of a shit! All right, here we go. All right. Um, is your player? This is for the win, right? This is for yeah, this is for, this is a big one. Un, uncontested victory. Uh, okay, this is tough. This is tough. I gotta figure it out. Weber or Petrie? We got the two best defensemen on the team. Um, <laughs> oh man, this is impossible. I think this is clutch time. Um, okay, here we go. Nerves of steel. Ice in my veins. The player you have selected is undoubtedly. Jeffrey Petrie. You are incorrect. No, son of a shit. Okay, all right. All right, uh, but, but you have now, you've officially, you've got the tie though, no matter what, because even if I, I get it this turn, uh, you know who the player is. So I have to get this on this turn or okay. else I lose. I've got Jordan Wheel versus Dale Weiss, and uh, I know that Ooh. mathematically this is wrong logic to use, but since I had Wheel last turn, I'm going to follow my heart and my emotions and say that you don't have Jordan Wheel this turn, and I want to say your player is Dale Weiss. That pick is absolutely correct. Yes. Unfortunately right. for me, All right, Dale Weiss was my player. Okay, and then Shea Weber was yours. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, I guess okay. we call it call it a tie. Maybe we'll rematch at a at a later date with um with a different team. That that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, it's a great concept. And uh, Jeffrey Petrie let me down. No, you you let yourself down, sir. That's true. M- Mr. Mr. Petrie had nothing to do with it. All right. So oh. um, I was th- also um, we talked about this a little bit. I'll tell everyone else now. Uh, we decided that um, we are going to maybe start profiling some. NHL draft prospects over the next couple of weeks. Maybe like each show we'll pick one or two that should go in the first or second or maybe even third round, depending on how fancy we feel like getting and talk about them a little bit, do a little research on them, uh, possibly in terms of maybe the Canadians selecting them. So to get, get a little bit more familiar, get you guys a little more familiar with the, the draft prospect, whenever the draft does end up happening. Yeah. And if any of you have any names that come to mind, uh, any prospects that you uh, in particular are interested, well, you can shoot us a message. And uh, very big possibility that we'll we'll dive into them uh, in in a, in a subsequent episode. Yes. All right. So, uh, would you like to sign off? You're on a little bit of a streak here. Maybe I'll let you do it again. All right. All right. Uh, so, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I mean, week it's week ten of quarantine or some shit like that. And uh, the fact that you stick around and listen every week it means a ton to us. Uh, so, thank you very much. We hope you were entertained. Uh, one last piece of news I want to shout out. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, Factory of Misery, have recently announced that they are keeping Jason Botterill, uh as their general manager. Uh, so shout out to them for making yet another bad decision uh, in their front office. Uh, so you have anything you want to add on that note? Yeah, actually, it reminded me a couple of other small things. Uh, Lawrence Pilot, who's apparently supposed to be a pretty good defenseman, but wasn't getting played at all in Buffalo, is going to the KHL. So uh, way to go, Buffalo. Screw that up. Um, Detroit is also holding on to their coach, Jeff Blaschel, which personally I would not have done, uh, even though maybe the pandemic makes things harder. But uh, I think he 
proved this year that he isn't necessarily the guy for the job. And also, uh, another small thing, Vancouver has uh, parted ways with their director of amateur scouting, Judd Brackett. And as I so eloquently put it, the Canucks were good at one thing, which was drafting, and are now probably going to be good at zero without uh, without Judd Brackett. So, uh, so uh, yeah. So I guess those are the small pieces. We didn't really talk about that much, but uh, covered them a little bit now. So, All right. Uh, so guess- that sounded like four, four bad moves by uh, a bunch of teams. Uh, so shout out to them. And shout out to you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week uh, with some fresh new content. And uh, I'm going to be cooking up a fresh new quiz for y'all. So, yeah, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. This episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sanborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellers is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sanborn's Boys today.